0: everyone and welcome back to the real real podcast with me natalie barbu in today's episode i am interviewing tiffany davis tiffany is a youtuber and i found her videos because i actually it was recommended to me in my youtube search or my youtube suggestions and then i kind of just went down a rabbit hole of her videos and binged pretty much all of her videos they are so good but she is actually an american who used to live in new york and then she actually moved to paris i was just super interested in hearing kind of her story how she moved from the US to Paris I love hearing stories like this it kind of um awakens my like wanderlust spirit I guess you can say because I definitely miss traveling especially during COVID I have really 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 missed traveling and I've been trying to do like little mini trips in a way like in my hometown but it is just not the same and I am so dying to go to Paris or London or just kind of go abroad to Europe and I'm definitely looking forward to when it's actually safe to do that but we talked all about her experience moving there cultural differences from the U.S. to France and then also kind of how the country has been dealing with COVID because I'm always curious about how the other countries are dealing with it I mean I know some people that are abroad and I kind of see their stuff and I'm like wow it looks so much more lively it looks so much more open I'm like well That's because they live in another country and things are a little different there. So I'm really excited to have her on. Her videos are amazing. If you guys are just looking for lifestyle content, they're amazing. But if you guys have that wanderlust spirit like myself and are also looking for content from someone who, I guess, has moved to um, another country and maybe you want to do it because I feel like it can be a little daunting um, if I say so myself. Like it's definitely really, really, really daunting to think to move for a whole different country, like let alone a whole, like a whole different city is is scary. You know, like when I moved from Charlotte to New York, I was like, wow, this is, this is a big move, this is scary. And it's like an hour flight. And now she just moved across the world away from everything she kind of knew. And I thought that interviewing her would be awesome. I'm such a huge fan of her videos seriously they are some of the like she's one of my favorite youtubers um out there right now and I'm really 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 excited for you guys to hear this podcast episode it was such a great conversation I had so much fun recording it and I'm just really excited for you guys to check Tiffany out so let's just get into it 50 degrees, reduces inner pair split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz-free up your schedule with Way. Go to theouai. dot and enter promo code RealReal for fifteen percent off any product. That's theouai. dot com promo code Real Real. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max and location. See earnin.com/tos for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. hi tiffany thank you so much for being on my podcast so we're just gonna get into it we're just gonna start with setting the record straight this is where you're gonna say true or false based on your experiences and then yeah we'll just get into the conversation so the first one is there was a culture shock moving to paris
1: (laughs) true yeah (laughs) I i bet absolutely um if i'm being completely honest with you Literally, the first night in Paris, like in my dorm room, I boohoo cried. I was like, what did I just do? Um, Because I, I actually moved from Paris from New York. And when I was living in New York, I was literally in the best situation. Like, I was living with two of my very best friends. um, And I was like, what did I just do? Did I literally just, like, give up everything to move to Paris? You know, no friends, no family, completely new culture, like, completely new language. Like, I had actually studied French in, um, like, middle school and high school. Like, you know how you take it as an elective. But, like, Mm -hmm. definitely not enough to become fluent. So I was like, what, like, did I really just, like, give up everything to move to Paris? and it's like of course like eventually those feelings fade and you get more comfortable and whatnot but like initially i was like what is happening um and then the other thing that was like overwhelming for me at first was grocery shopping which is a very basic thing in the united states of course but like in france i was like uh i don't know like what everything means i don't know if i can get the similar things that i was getting in the u.s here um, and of course the grocery shop that I was shopping at was like huge like insane like um, they had clothes They had food items. They had like housing items like it was just a lot um, And very different from um, the United States. So just very basic things I feel like when I first came were kind of difficult and overwhelming just because I wasn't used to it And I feel like that also kind of added to the oh my god, like what am I doing here? but again, it definitely fades over time
0: Yeah, I feel like that's something I wouldn't even think about is, like, the grocery shopping, for example. Like, I love Trader Joe's. I, like, (laughs) always go there. I know what I'm getting. And then going to another country that you don't even know, like, what the label says, I feel like it's so difficult. So that's – how did you get used to that? Like, were you just – like, was it – did you learn the language more? Was it more just like, all right, I'm going to pick and try things and see what I like? It was
1: a little bit of both. Um, it was a lot of Google Translate, honestly. Like, literally, I would just like be in the grocery store for hours, like, okay, like, what does this mean? And, like, yeah. what does that mean? You know? And it's kind of like what I had to do for the first, like, month or so until I felt comfortable and knew what kind of things to get. And then, of course, the language does start to grow on you over time. Um, I'm still working on it, if I'm being honest with you. I'm still working to become fluent. Um, but you start to understand, like, what things mean and what things say and, like, what you like and what you don't like. So, um, over time, it does get better, but like initially, it's like, what is going on?
0: Right, right. Uh, and the next one is living abroad is really expensive. Ah.
1: Ugh, can I say maybe to this one? Yeah. Because I, like, I feel like it's super subjective. Like, of course, like it depends on your means and things like that. Um, but important to note that in Paris specifically or France specifically, the salaries are a lot lower than the United States, like at least like 40 to 50% lower, which I don't think a lot of people realize. Um, and it was interesting because when I posted my apartment tour video on my channel, I shared that I was paying like 1100 euros in rent and I showed the apartment and like a lot of people from New York were commenting like, oh my God, like in New York, this would be like $3,000, $2,000. And I was like guys like I, I get that it's a lot less expensive but also keep in mind um that the salaries are different here. Mm-hmm. You know? So I feel like sometimes it's a bit subjective. But I will say um in terms of like eating out and things like that I have found like the best restaurants where you really don't have to splurge in Paris. And I think a lot of times when people come to visit, they feel like everything is super expensive because they're going to those touristy areas. Like, Mm -hmm. of course, everyone wants to like eat by the Eiffel Tower or like sit by the Louvre. And it's like, of course, those are going to be like the most expensive places. But I think since actually living here and like going grocery shopping and like hanging out with friends, it's like. I found so many areas and so many restaurants and things like that that are a lot less expensive. So I will say that there is a more like affordable way to do Paris um, that I found anyways. That's like a lot less expensive than like when you come to visit and you're staying in the fancy hotels and things like that. Right.
0: It's kind of like New York. I mean, New York, don't get me wrong, It's really expensive. But you can find really cheap things here when you're just living here. Like... I like kind of like you I go to restaurants that aren't that expensive I have my spots I cook a lot more here you know so it's not like when I came on vacation and I'm like going to like the nicest places breakfast lunch and dinner and I'm like spending so much money like it's more realistic living here and like a lot more cheap like it's a lot cheaper than when you're coming on vacation so I'm sure it's the same like no matter what like area you visit you know or no matter where you go uh the next one is you need to know the language wherever you move (laughs)
1: I can't say wherever you move, but I think for France, um, no, but also depending on the environment that you find yourself in. So for example, for me, I came here specifically for school, and my school was an English-speaking program. So it was very international, all of the classes were taught in English, everyone spoke English, so because of that, I was okay. Um, but I can't say the same, like, if you were just kind of like moving here just to move, I feel like that'd be like a totally different story. Um, but for me, again, the program was English speaking. And then after I completed my, um, my MBA program, the job that I got was also English speaking, which is, kind of rare for Paris, I'm not going to lie. Like, um, you know, for some of the environments that my friends work in, it's like they are required to speak French. So I feel like it's like if you kind of do it the way I did, you can be okay. Um, But if you're kind of just coming here and, you know, working for a French company, going to a French school, then it's going to be, of course, like harder for you and you will need to learn the language. So I think it just kind of
0: depends, you know? It makes your life easier, I think, also. Like if you just learn the language like it makes it so much easier communicating with just everyday people like waiters people at the grocery store for example to people on the street asking for directions you know like it's just makes life easier if you are trying to communicate with people that actually live there.
1: Absolutely. And I also feel like just in terms of your overall experience, like learning the language, it's like you just feel so much more immersed in the culture, um, meeting people and friends and things like that. Because when I came, you know, I had like a very basic understanding of the language. Um, And of course, like when you're an intensive program, it's like you're focusing on your MBA. You're not really focusing on the language. And then when you have a full time job in corporate, Thankfully, they did give me French lessons, but it was still, like, I have to just, like, do a good job at work, and I feel like now I'm in a situation where it's, like, I do have um, a French tutor, and it's, like, this year I'm, like, I need to become fluent in this language, because I just feel like it opens up so many more possibilities for you when you're fluent in the language, so I completely agree with right. you on that, for sure. right.
0: And now I want to know a little more about you. So like, where did you grow up and what was your background like in living in the United States?
1: Sure. So um, I'm originally from Boston or like a suburb just north of Boston, a super small suburb. And I mean, I feel like I had a pretty normal life. Like me and my family did used to travel a lot just because um, my dad is from the Virgin Islands. So we were like always going to the islands like every year and and whatnot. Um, but you know, I didn't really have like this extravagant, like cultured type of upbringing. um, If I'm being completely honest with you, it was, you know, living in the suburbs, like going to public school kind of thing. And then um, I went to Howard University for college in DC. So that was kind of my first like experience, like really in like city life and whatnot. And then right after that, moved to San Francisco, then New York. So I feel like after college is when things kind of started to pick up and I was starting to experience new things for sure.
0: Yeah, you moved to so many big cities. So you moved to all the expensive cities, San Francisco, New York, and Paris.
1: I know, like the most expensive cities in the world. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's so funny. Did you always have a desire to move to another country? Did you always feel like you were going to live away from the United States? Or were you thinking you were just going to be here forever?
1: So, funny story. So, when I was 16, I was playing the violin in my high school orchestra, and we went to Italy to like play in the cathedrals and things like that. Um, And it was my first time ever, like, really being out of the country. And like, when I set foot in Italy, I was like, oh my god, I need to move to Europe. Like, I just fell in love with the people, the food, like, the architecture, the atmosphere. Like, it's absolutely gorgeous. And I remember coming home from that trip and being like, mom, dad, like I'm moving to Europe, like it's done. And they're like, sit your behind down, like you're 16 years old. Like we just trying to get you to college. You know what I mean? And it's funny because when I was 16, I remember having this thought, but it wasn't like it was something that I was like aspiring to, like in my adult life. Because once I went to college, it was like, okay, girl, like what were you going to do career wise? And then it was Mm -hmm. San Francisco and New York. And it didn't really hit me. Um, It didn't really honestly hit me to move abroad until my mentor at Howard was like, if you really want to make it in this fashion and beauty world, because those were kind of the industries that I was most interested in, then you have to do this MBA program in France. And even when she told me this, I was like, who is moving to France? Like, this is a little too much. Um, But when she was around my age, she had had that desire and she actually got accepted into the program, got pregnant with twins. And her husband was like, you are not moving to France. Yeah. Uh, But that's kind of when she kind of put it back in my brain that like, okay, like maybe moving to Europe or abroad could be something interesting for me
0: hmm Did you study abroad in college at all?
1: I didn't. I didn't at all. Like, I was so, like, these four years, I'm going to focus on my studies, like, get a good job. Like, I was so, I was so into, like, the traditional version of success, if you will. Because mm-hmm. um, both of my parents, they kind of just, like, worked their way up in their respective industries. Like, they didn't really explore too much. And I think just from that, I was kind of like, okay, like, that's kind of going to be my track record, too. Like, I I saw other people studying abroad and things like that, but I kind of felt like I was on my path, so didn't really explore it too much at the time.
0: Right. And did you always – so because of that, like, MBA program, is that why you decided to move to Paris instead of, like, other cities in Europe?
1: Yep, a 1,000%. It's really the MBA program that brought me here.
0: And have you visited before, or was it kind of like going in blind?
1: Yeah, so it's it's so crazy how – how the universe will line things up for you. So like I'm super spiritual into the universe and things like that. Uh But it was literally like the second I decided that this program was something that I wanted to do, it was like my friends like completely unrelated were like, hey, like let's do a Euro trip for New Year's Eve because I had a friend that was living in Madrid at the time. So we did Spain, so we did Madrid and Barcelona, we did Paris, we did Belgium. Um, So when I was in Paris, I got the opportunity to visit the school and you know feel it out and see if I was comfortable. And it honestly just felt like home. Um, And honestly, I'm so, so glad that I did have the opportunity to visit before I came. Cause I personally don't know if I could have just like came here like without really knowing anything about the city or anything like that I mean I'm bold but I'm not that bold (laughs) (laughs) you know so so I'm really glad that I did have that opportunity before I moved out here
0: yeah no that's awesome I think it's good to like always visit a place before you move I mean wherever you go but how did you how was like the apartment hunt so I guess because you had a did you have a dorm or did you like look for apartments when you first moved there
1: uh, so when I first moved here, I was living in um, the dorm at the college because I was like, I don't really know the area. Like I'd right. rather like, you know, not try and explore on my own. I, th- I, th- I thought that the safest option at the time was to um, be in the dorm, which for anyone who's studying abroad, do that first, at least for the first couple of months, you know, you get to know the students more and everything like that. I highly recommend that first. Um, but a few months in, I was kind of like, okay, I really want to have my own apartment in Paris because the school that I was attending, it was just outside of Paris. And I was kind of like, I can't be this close to Paris without living in the city, you know? Right. So um, I started the apartment hunt and if I'm being completely honest with you, it was hell. Like, really? And I, yeah. And I went through the process of finding an apartment in New York um, when I lived there and I thought that was hell. like. Paris is like a whole nother level. It's like there are so many requirements to get an apartment. You have to have like a certain contract, a work contract called a CDI, which is like a permanent work contract in Paris. You have to be either making three times the rent and if not, have a French guarantor. And it's like, who has a, like, what foreigner has a French guarantor right. when you're first moving here? And a lot of my friends um, in my program were in the same situation, so we just kind of started looking into homestays and things like that. And a lot of us, you know, just kind of did like a long-term homestay situation, which did not work out well for me (laughs) because like kicked out of my apartment and that's like a whole other story but it's really it's it's really really tough and when I talk to my French friends now about it you know they kind of tell me that because there are so many people looking for apartments in the city they make it super super competitive and super super strict um Mm -hmm. so I think that that's kind of why it's it's really tough out here for sure yeah
0: that's really similar to New York but I'm sure it's 10 times harder not being a french citizen you know like it being a foreigner it's so much harder and i feel like it's because it is such high demand but can you so can you be like freelance over there then is that like possible or you have to have a work contract like can you find an apartment realistically if you are working for yourself
1: Mm, that's a really good That's a really good question. I mean, it's probably difficult. It's difficult just because I feel like they want you to prove that you have a steady income source, Mm if you know what I mean. But I do know that they also have this thing here called auto entrepreneur, which is basically um, an entrepreneur status in France that some people are on, like when they're first starting to build their own businesses. Personally, I don't know anyone on that who has, like, had, like, success in finding an apartment, so I can't really speak to it, but, um, more often than not, it's, like, they are looking for the person that has, like, a permanent contract or whatever. It it probably is possible, but
0: a lot harder. That's, like, I mean, honestly, my New York apartment search was so hard proving my income because I work for myself, and so I'm, like, I promise I make enough money, like, please, like, (laughs) rent this apartment out to me, so it must be so much harder over there just like not even being from there you know so yeah i feel for you (laughs) and you have lived in new york san francisco and now paris so how do they compare like what's been your favorite are they similar different
1: um all very very different um paris is of course my favorite yeah yeah (laughs) but i also think just different in the sense that like i was in such different points of my life when i moved in these different areas too like san francisco it was my very first job out of college you know so like in itself it was like brand new experience of course like making new friends um i love san francisco especially for the food um but i don't know for me it was a bit slow you know like I think that like even between San Francisco and New York like I love New York so much more Um, no shade on San Francisco cuz like I loved I love that city too but um, I think I was kind of looking for more like hustle and bustle you know you know what I mean and when I moved to New York it was like hustle central like I had to hustle to make it to New York like I remember having to take the bus back and forth from Boston to New York for like months just doing like odd jobs assistant type work just whatever I could do to get to the city so it was like a completely different experience just getting there Um, but of course once I was there I had a lot of friends and of course I mean who doesn't love New York you know like I just love the city lifestyle the atmosphere the food um so New York was an awesome like moment in my life and then of course Paris it was like okay girl like you are really adulting like this is you know making a huge move away from friends and family new culture new language so that in itself I think just made things completely different from the other cities
0: yeah yeah I feel like Paris when I visited reminded me a lot of New York like I really thought that they had similarities, like, obviously, they didn't have skyscrapers or anything like that, but I thought that just the vibe there was very similar, like, it is more, for me, it felt like very, like, more people, like, hustle there, you know, rather than in, I guess, other areas in Europe, like, Italy, I felt was way more relaxed and way more chill, and, like, I went to Barcelona, and that was, like, LA for me, you know, I thought Barcelona was, like, LA, and Paris is, like, New York, so I, I, like, really, really love Paris for that reason, so, for someone who might want to be, like, moving abroad there, what were your logistic... Like, what did you have to do? Did you have to apply for a visa? Did you have to apply for, like, when you were applying for jobs? Like, was it specifically for United States citizens? Or, like, how did that work?
1: Sure. Um, so, because I was coming here for school, I just had to apply for a French visa um, through the Newark consulate. So, you basically do it through whatever consulate is that you live in. Mm-hmm. And that was, like really all of the heavy lifting that I had to do on my end because I was going for school. Um, So thankfully, my program handled a lot of the admin, like on the French side, which is why I highly encourage like anyone who wants to move abroad to either move through work or move through school because they just handle so much and like so many things that like you don't really have to think about, like they'll just handle. So for me on my side, it was the visa. Then of course, like figuring out how to get everything to France. Um, A lot of people shipped things. I personally just like lugged four suitcases with me on the plane. So honestly. Honestly, it was kind of just the visa and then like plane ticket and that was really it for me. It was a very easy process because I went with my school. Um, and in terms of the job hunt and whatnot, so I, I mean, I personally was looking for English speaking jobs. So I was targeting mm-hmm. international companies, but I wouldn't say that it's like you have to like... Target something that's like for an American citizen or things like that. I feel like it's kind of a free-for-all and if if it fits with you It fits with you Um, But do keep in mind that like usually a company will have to sponsor your visa and things like that Which sometimes makes it a bit tricky for Americans, but it is absolutely possible I'm living proof that like as someone who is not fluent in French like you can find a job with an international company It's not as easy. I will say that's why I highly recommend like learning the language, but it is absolutely absolutely possible.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's really encouraging and I bet so many people want to do that move. So, I think that that's good to know. It, it just seems so daunting. You know, it seems like, "Oh my god, it's impossible. I can't do it." But I recommend your videos if people want to move and then <laughs> seeing how it's not as scary as it might look. And another thing that's like a little scary for some people, I feel like, is the friends part you know like you said that you moved there with no friends and no family like how did you meet people like that to me is like people ask me all the time even in new york like how do you make friends in a new city and i'm like well i actually kind of like knew people here already so it was a little easier but like i can't imagine just moving to a whole new city by myself that i don't even know the language and like making friends so how is that experience for you <laughs>
1: And I think because I went with school was a bit easier because it's like I was in a group of 30 people who were kind of in the same boat as me. Like we came from everywhere, like India, China, a few Americans, like, of course, like some Europeans. And I think because we were in the same boat, um, it made it a bit easier. But I will say that, like, once I ended the program and honestly, a lot of my friends kind of moved back to their home countries, I was like, okay, like what now? And I kind of had to start the whole like friend-making journey again. And luckily I did work for an international company, so I've made some awesome friends there. But I'm also just a firm believer that like when you're open to receiving, you kind of just invite the right people in. Cause oh my gosh, one of my very, very best French friends, I met her so randomly, like I was getting off the subway and she just comes up to me speaking in French and I'm like, girl, I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) And she was like, oh my gosh, like I love your hair. How do you do your hair? Um, And I was like, oh, like I'm on the way to the hair store right now if you want to come with me. And we (laughs) literally just like became the best of friends, you know what I mean? And I think that's why it's like so important when you're moving abroad or even to a new city just to be open to everything and anything because it's like you never know what you could invite in. Like, honestly, if I was living in New York, maybe because it's like a little bit more normal to me, if someone was just like, oh, can I come with you to the hair salon? I'd probably be like, "Uh, I don't know. But You know, when you're in a new country and everything is so new, you're just so open. And I feel like I've met a lot of my friends that way, just from being open to new experiences, um, meeting friends through work, connecting with people like other expats, other foreigners living out here. That's really how I made um, my friends out here, for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that's a huge thing is just, again, being open, like you said, and like even that like I would never be like oh yeah let me just run to the hair salon with you even though I met you outside but I think it's it's one of those things where hey why not you know this could be the start of a beautiful friendship and it was so I think that that's actually a really cool story of how you have been making friends it's just that you honestly are just like open and receptive to meeting those people which I think is really really cool um And then we're recording this podcast in uh, August, so we're kind of in the middle of a pandemic still. So how I'm really curious about how France has dealt with it, because of course you can read things on the news and you can see like how other countries like numbers and stuff like that. But I kind of want to know like what it's like to live in it during the pandemic.
1: So if I'm being completely honest with you, like once this all started, I was like, what is going on? Because to be Mm -hmm. away from like friends and family when like a global pandemic is happening, it's like crazy. Like my parents were like, do you want to come home? And I was like, this is my home. Like I'm going to ride it out, you know. Um, But I will say here in France, it was very, very strict. So we were on lockdown for three months and our lockdown was like super serious to the point where if we wanted to leave our houses or apartments, we had to like walk around with a document that basically stated why we were outside um, with our signature and our date of birth. And I yeah. And I think there were like four reasons why we could be outside. I know one was to get groceries. One was like um, for exercise, like if you wanted to take a walk. I can't remember what the other two were, but like it was super, super strict. And like to the point where if a policeman stopped you and you didn't have your form, like you would be fined. Yeah. So we were in a very very strict lockdown for three months um and our lockdown was lifted on may 11th which was actually the day after my birthday which is really nice
0: that's that's such a great birthday gift (laughs)
1: like yes but even after that like i was a little bit skeptical about just like being out and about um and then we kind of slowly started you know opening back up like in early June um restaurants started to open back up but only for outside seating and then i think around like uh early July they would allow people to actually come in and dine in um but i will say it's like paris it's getting back to normal but it's still not like the normal that i remember it as right, you yeah. know like we still have to be very cautious um personally i don't even get on the metro or the subway just because it's I don't want to be around too many people Um, but i do think that the way that they handled it was um very very strict and you know i I think that's kind of why we're able to open up back up now
0: right i think that so do you guys still have to wear masks everywhere or is that like a, a law in paris so not
1: um everywhere like there they did just release something i think last weekend where there are certain areas in paris that are a bit more crowded where they have you wear a mask outside But for the most part, like if you're just taking a walk, it's not mandatory to wear a mask. But when you're inside somewhere like a store or a grocery store, like then you have to wear a mask. And most of the stores even have signs outside that say like mask obligatoire, which is like mask is mandatory to wear. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're inside an Uber, you have to wear a mask. Um, But they usually like tell you or have a sign like when it is mandatory for you to wear a mask. But if you're just kind of like outside, it's typically not mandatory. Got it.
0: Okay, so I guess it is similar to here, not the lockdown measures just because here it wasn't like you needed a document to go outside, you know, like people could just go outside so it wasn't that like it that's a little bit different, but now everyone definitely like wears masks everywhere. At least in the places I'm from, so in New York everyone's being like super strict and then in North Carolina where my family is, they're still mandatory so like people are wearing them at every single store and stuff like that and like gyms are not open here um indoor dining's not open here yeah so it's still pretty strict but I definitely think the United States was hit a lot harder than France probably
1: (laughs) Uh, like when I see the news and like hear from my friends I'm like this is insane and even now because I'm on YouTube doing day in the lives like of course so many people from the states are commenting like oh my God, like people aren't wearing masks and you're inside a restaurant. And I'm like, I have to say like, guys, it's it's very different here. Like we're not right. in as bad of a situation as um, the United States is. And it's like, you know, having to explain that and things like that. But uh, I just really hope that it gets better in the United States soon. Like I just, I can't believe like what's happening over there. It's just crazy.
0: Right, yeah. I'm like, I remember in the beginning of all of this, I was like, oh, it'll only be like two weeks, like the lockdown <laughs> and then I'm like okay maybe like a month but like by June we'll be fine and now it's like August and I'm like I hope 2021 is a good year like I hope... it's like there's no end
1: <laughs> right no one could have imagined 2020 being this way like it is just like absolutely insane
0: right yeah I'm always curious about how other countries are dealing with it so that's interesting hearing from like someone that actually is there living in it how you guys are dealing with it because yeah in your vlogs I'm like oh my god that like people are hanging out like people aren't wearing masks you know I'm like That's so nice that you guys have had it under control where that's a possibility now, you know? So I think that that's like really cool and hearing from it from someone living there. Um, But besides pandemic, um, how we've been dealing with the pandemic, what is, what would you say is like the biggest difference that you've seen, if you could pinpoint one, on like the United States versus France? Like whether it's the people, the culture, whatever that might be, what do you think is like the biggest difference that you've noticed?
1: Ah, there's so many. Um... Let me see. I think, I think, well, okay, this is kind of a funny one, but I think one of the biggest differences honestly has been the dating culture. (laughs) If I'm being completely honest with you. Um, and now I have a boyfriend now, so it's like, I'm, I don't have to deal with that anymore, but like, you know, in the States, it's like, you could be dating a guy right for like a month or two. And it's like, you guys still aren't really official. You guys were kind of like talking here. Here, it's like you go on like three to five dates and the guy thinks that like you're his girlfriend.
0: Really? That's so funny. I feel like that's how it is also. So I have family in Honduras and that's like all my cousins are like that where they'll just like start talking to a girl and it's like in love right away, like calling each other baby. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, didn't you guys like just meet? Like, (laughs) Yeah. And I was shocked.
1: And like, I went on a few dates where like by the second date, the guy was like, oh, I just want to be with you. Like I can see our future. And I was like, what exactly is going on? Like, this is entirely (laughs) too much, entirely too soon. Like, goodbye, like, XX, done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a a big one.
0: I could see that, yeah. I think that's hilarious how different it is because you would think like, oh yeah, dating's the same everywhere and it's like so not the same everywhere. I I guess if I
1: can add one more uh, note on just like the people, just like being kind of different from the states in um, France or Paris... Is that, like, I I feel like the people here have this, like, effortless chic vibe. You know what I mean? Like, the girls always sport this, like, no makeup, makeup, makeup look. And it's, like, they're not really, like, dressed to the nines. And if I'm being honest with you, like, usually if I do see someone that's, like, dressed up head to toe, like, brand designer, I'm like, okay, they're obviously not from here. (laughs) You know? Like, it's... so funny. They're a bit more, like, subtle, a bit more, like... Humble, I would almost say, in a sense, versus like showing off and things like that.
0: Right. You're like, mm, that's an American visiting. That's, <laughs> that's funny. Um, and then the last question before we end the podcast is, what is the biggest life lesson you've learned? Like, what is, I feel like, I mean, moving across the globe, you're going to have a lot of lessons, but what's like the biggest one that you have learned? So, it's- so this is actually
1: my favorite quote, and it's when you take the leap, the net appears.
0: Oh, I love that. I've never yeah. heard that. Yeah. I yeah. Really, so like really like that. that.
1: Mm-hmm. So that has honestly been the biggest life lesson that I've learned. Like, of course, for me, like making this move was a huge risk. Um, not even everyone was even on my side like when I wanted to do this but like I knew it was right for me and I took the leap and Although like some things didn't even happen how I wanted them to or plan them to like there was always a net to catch me And like I always felt guided on my path here um, And I've seen this kind of happening over and over again like in my life in Paris like getting kicked out of my apartment and then ending up in like a beautiful new one or like Like, there have just been so many things where I feel like I have taken this leap and there's always someone to catch me or something to Mm. catch me. So um, that's the best piece of advice. Like, when you take the leap, the net appears, for sure. I
0: love that because I think a lot of people are really scared to do stuff like that. They're scared to do things for themselves. They think it's just way too risky, way too scary. But, like, honestly, if you really want to do something, there's always a way to do it. And, like, the worst – I mean – I'm someone that's always like, okay, like it's gonna work out, it's gonna work out. Like I kind of have that positive mindset, but a lot of people are really scared to do anything because they're scared of the outcome. So I really love that quote. I think it'll resonate with a lot of people.
1: Oh, amazing.
0: Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Where can they find you? Where can they find your Instagram, YouTube, all of that stuff? Sure. So
1: on YouTube, I'm just Tiffany Davis. So T I F F A N I E D A V I S. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm it's Tiffany Davis. Um, so those are the two places that you can find me
0: awesome okay well I'll definitely have everything in the show notes but thank you so much for being on my podcast thank you so much for having me this was so much fun I hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode. Let me know what you guys thought. If you guys could give this five stars on iTunes, if you did enjoy it, that would mean a lot to me. Those reviews really, really, really helped me out. So if you could, if you did enjoy it, just leave me five stars on iTunes. And also, if you guys are listening, thank you for listening. I just always kind of want to remind you guys that I'm very, very thankful for your listenership. And I'm really grateful that you guys choose to listen, take an hour out of your day and hear me talk and hear me interview people because... This podcast is definitely something that I really, really enjoy, and it always brings me so much happiness when I see you guys uh, listening to it and enjoying it, so I did want to say thank you. i love to hear about any more guests that you guys want on, so if you guys could DM me, that would be great. Join the private Facebook group, all of that good stuff, but thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you guys next Monday on another episode of The Real Real Podcast. (laughs)